I, I don't think you were right. How's that hat tasting? What? Oh, I'm eating a hat. <laughs> You're eating your hat. <laughs> oh, it's very leathery. All right. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Time and Attention. We should ju- just jump right in. This is episode number 70, The Rule of Three. So what's the th- rule of three? Because I feel like this somebody could look at the name, the rule of three, and not really know what this is all about. There are a lot of different rules of three. Yeah. Yeah. There's a rule of three for writing. For economics? There's a rule of three in economics. What's the rule of three? Oh, maybe I don't want to know. All right. No, I'll, I'll I- ask. I'll ask. What, what's the rule of three in economics? It's not really a rule of three. It's just okay. the three me- like rules of money or the three things that money is used for. Uh, unit account. U- unit of account. Medium of exchange and storage of value. Ding, ding, ding. How many econ points do I get? You get three econ points. Hmm. Down with capitalism. Zero econ points. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll find some middle ground there. But three is a number that fits with how we think. Why do we think in threes? So there, there is a mechanism. We were actually talking about this on our walk today, our working memory capacity, uh, which is just our mental scratch pad. It's how we process information. It's, how, it's, our, it's our short-term memory. It's our immediate-term memory. And so in this conversation, as you listen to us speak, we are flooding your working memory capacity with audio information. And you are using the audio-visual sketch pad uh, component of your working memory capacity to process this information, to connect it with whatever you have stored in your long-term memory. We are very much... I'll get out of your brain now, but essentially you just use your working memory capacity for everything that you do, for everything that you process in the moment. And we used to think that we can hold a lot of pieces of information in this working memory capacity. We used to think the number was seven, eight, nine items long, but the latest research shows that pretty much all of us can hold three things. And you can look no further than to our culture to see that examples of three uh, things just abound. We have sayings like good things come in threes. Good, good things are happening all the time, right? We just remember them we in threes. We just remember them in threes. Celebrities die in threes. Mm-hmm. Celebrities, unfortunately, die all the time. The third time's the charm. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yep. Blood, sweat, and tears. Does there's something like three wishes? Because you get three wishes from if you rub if a you genie lamp. rub a genie or the lamp. Yeah. I don't rub- know what happens if you rub the genie itself. We will never know. We'll never know because genies are made up. Uh, even a story, though, which is a sequence of dozens, hundreds of events that happen in sequence, uh, maybe thousands if you read any Neil Stevenson books as I do, that we divide them into three parts, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Uh, the pinnacle of human athletic achievement, the Olympics, we award three medals. What are they, Arden? Gold, silver, and bronze. Uh, close. Platinum? Copper and nickel, I think. No, I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> and, making up your own. And like, even growing up, we have said we, we grow up in stories, you know, the three little bears, the three blind mice, the three little pigs, the three musketeers. The list goes on and on and on. The bottom line is that our brains chunk things together into threes. So, I mean, bringing this back to what we're talking oh, about yeah. today, what does this have to do with prioritizing or yeah. like? Setting intentions, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's important to 
preface this, and this is you know a prioritization strategy. There's there's a lot of different ones out there, and you really do have to uh, take the ones that work for you and leave the rest. But the idea behind the rule of three is that because it fits with how we think, we actually remember the intentions that we set. And there are a lot of different ways to remember the the intentions that we set. Intentionality, of course, lies uh, at the heart of productivity. Deliberateness lies at this this core of productivity. But we have to remember what we intended to do throughout the day. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do this. You know, you can keep sticky notes around you, but having something that fits with how you think is another way of taking advantage of the natural wiring of your mind. Yeah, and I think this is helpful because in the in the progress or the way that your day progresses, things are going to come up, right? And you're mm-hmm. going to have conflicting priorities. Maybe you were spending the morning working really dedicatedly on your thesis or whatever big long-term project you oh. have that filters into, oh, it's totally where my head is at. But if if that's what filters into your long-term priorities, if suddenly you get a phone call or, or some kind of email from your boss or somebody that you're working with, with some kind of competing demand on your time, it's very helpful to have something you can really easily fall back on when you're trying to figure out how this adjusts your daily priorities or how this should fit in into how you spend your time on a given day. So having something you can remember here is the important part. And the nice thing about the rule of three is that making sure your kind of priorities or to-do list is in a set of three things makes it very easy to remember. So you can recalibrate as things come up as a demand for your time. Yeah. Just recenter on what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I should say the rule. But by the way, oh, yeah. there, there's a lot of different frames um, fr- that we can use for this rule. But the the one that I like the most is at the beginning of every day, you fast forward to the end of the day in your head, and you ask yourself that by the time this day is done, what three main things will I want to have accomplished? And if you love the rule as much as I do, you might want to do it every week as well. You might want to do it every year as well. And of course, you know, if you did three things all day, every day, you probably wouldn't have a job or a career after much of a period of time because we have the minutia, the things that uh, come up, the emergencies that we have to tend to, where if we just diligently worked on whatever three things were the most important at the beginning of the day, we might not be as agile as we need to be and adjust as time goes on. But the idea is, just like you said, we can recenter on what's important so that when emergencies do happen, we can weigh the emergency against the original intentions that we set for the day. And because those three three things are the most essential, the most critical, the most important, we can see how they fit in to the most important things that we have going on. And a little like kind of leveling up tip, if oh. you want to do this at the in the evening before the morning, yes. I think that's kind of a nice way to to make sure your priorities don't get derailed by whatever thing came in your inbox in the morning. Like maybe you sat down and the first thing you see are a whole bunch of emails in your inbox. And you're like, oh, the first thing I need to do today is clear my inbox. Well, maybe that isn't actually like big picture what your biggest priority or one of your priorities should be that day. But so setting it in the evening before you go to bed or like kind of a wind down routine, that's how I do it. I always set my priorities the night before. Yeah, I think that just gives me a little bit more of a clear head when before I 
sit down for the day, I'm like, okay, well, yesterday's me knew that these were the things that I needed to do today. And so... <laughs> the wiser yesterday me. Yeah. The, the very ambitious and like hopeful, <laughs> bleary-eyed version yeah. of myself the day before who had so much hope for today's version of me. Like that uh, person who moves to New York for the first time, New York City, and is full of life and is sprightly and gets off the bus and the bus rolls away and she's got this big smile on her face. Is yep, that you? That's evening the, version uh, of that's me. That's the evening version. But then you have the morning version. Nah, morning version of me still looks like that <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, it, it does I actually. think I actually have a lot of energy and I'm always kind of optimistic. But yeah. I, I just think it's nice to, before your day gets derailed by good no, like who knows what, yeah. in the, in the, as the course of a morning progresses, it's nice to just get your priorities down before things derail it. Yeah. And and on that note, one of the beautiful things about this rule isn't just that we can prioritize. It's not just that we can remember the things. Uh, it's that we can consider the constraints of our day too. And, you know, this is, this is a wonderful habit. It's a great habit if you're just starting out with prioritization, especially because you can, you know, we talk all, all the time on the podcast about how awareness uh, is critical with productivity. If you can't become aware of what you need to change, what you need to do differently, it's hard to choose where to go or, or what to improve on. And it'll take you time to settle into this rule as you build up a, an awareness of your capacity for daily accomplishment. Uh, I, I remember when I first did this rule way back in the day, Arden, I would set an intention to write, say, 500 words, and I'd end up writing a 1,000. And the next day, I'd think, oh, that yesterday went, went so well. I'm going to set an intention to write 2,000 words, and I'd write a 1,000. And eventually, over time, you settle into this understanding of your capacity, uh, given how much time you have with how many meetings you have, given how much energy you have with how you, what your caffeine rituals are like, whether your workout habits are good, how many people you're spending time with, how many Zoom calls you have, and what your attention is like too, depending on how collaborative the work uh, that you're doing is at a given time. But that's one of the best parts about this rule. We get to consider our constraints, we get to consider our daily limits, uh, and we get to work with that greater awareness of our capacity for accomplishment. And it only takes a minute at yeah. the beginning of the day. I think the cool, the best thing about like the rule of three is that this this is true at both a daily and a kind of weekly or, or monthly or whatever level you want to do this at, right? If you're yeah. setting intentions on a, on a daily basis, yeah, when you're setting, when you're looking ahead the next day, you can say, oh, well, I actually have like four hours of meetings, so I need to be realistic about what my intention should be tomorrow in terms of like how much time I have. And maybe you notice that, oh, it's going to be like really snowy. So you want to get your run in in the morning instead of the yeah. evening. And so that adjusts how you you set your intentions for the day. Um, and so I think this is also true at a kind of weekly level. I know you like to give me a hard time about basically managing my life and my calendar, including yeah. my intentions. I including your, your to-dos. Oh yeah. I mean, my to-do list and my kind of like long-term planning and my annual intentions are all in my calendar. And you know, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say this is because of my dad. Thanks, dad. And he listens to the podcast. So dad, if you're listening, hello. Friend of uh, the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah, in a lot of ways. But my dad always used to like... When we what, are, what other ways? He's a friend of us. Well, he's a friend of us, but... And we're the podcast. 
Are we the podcast? I think we're the podcast. Be the podcast you wish to see in the world. <laughs> oh, no, that is a bumper Sorry, sticker I have some, somewhere. Uh, bubble tea in my mouth. The official drink of uh, time and attention. Oh, my God. Sorry, anyway, go, go all on. that to say, when we were growing up, we had this kind of calendar, like the family calendar, where we, we planned out the rest of the year and we would write down when people had different, like, different constraints on their time. Like, oh, maybe Arden's training for her black belt test these three weeks or whatever. Or we have hockey tournaments You're a these weeks. Kid. Black belt? I do have a black belt. Yeah, that's. Sometimes I forget I have that because yeah. I really hated it at the time. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm really happy I did that in hindsight. But at the time it sucked. Anyway, <laughs> um, all that to say. Uh, that, that's it, always the case with karate, isn't it? Does anybody <laughs> a, a, anywhere like like karate? I I'm mean, sure some people do. Now as an adult, I'm like, man, I would love to go back and do like Taekwondo again. That was you, super fun. Do you fun. think it helped with your discipline? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's like, I don't think there would be any debate about that. Wow. But, all that to say, this whole calendar thing, I've been, I've been doing this my whole life, like thinking about how to plan out the next week or the next few months with a calendar. And so this is just what I've been doing as an adult too. Um, and so all that to say, when I plan out my week on the end of Friday, I usually plan out my week for the next week and think about what my intentions are given all the constraints. So like last week yeah. I had two flyouts and a conference. So it was a really busy week. Nobody knows what flyout is. It's a full day, second round interview with the job market. So yeah. it, it was just a really busy week. And I also had a conference presentation. So I knew that week would be very limited and my priorities had to be adjusted accordingly. Yeah. And so it's nice to, I think a good good idea if you are going to do this rule of three is use use your calendar as like a big part of this mm. to really calibrate how much time you have available yeah. so you can set your priorities accordingly. It also lets you plan long-term because you yeah. can say, oh, I actually have only like two more weeks until some big deadline. Like, oh, I want to have my thesis submitted in six weeks. So I really need to get my stuff together in the next six weeks. Not that that's a relevant example. No, goodness, no. No, never. But all that to say, I think taking into account your context is really important here and a calendar can help. And also for time boxing stuff. That is such such a critical strategy too. So many people book our calendar, like especially if you work in an organization when... So anybody can just book time with you and see when you're available and just schedule something. Book yourself, yeah. <laughs> Especially during your peak energy times of day. Uh, we, we did a whole episode, episode seven of the podcast, discovering your biological prime time. Uh, schedule some time with yourself during your biological prime time to work on those three things. It doesn't have to be three either. You know, yeah. the rule of three definitely fits with how we think, but maybe you have one big thing like a thesis or something along those lines where you're, you're just going to clear a day. Oh, th- this, this might be a luxury in, in some uh, circumstances, but about a week ago, I had an entire day to work on a book. And oh, by God, there wasn't a call in sight. I could wake up. I didn't even have to like get dressed for Zoom calls or anything like that. Just like rolled out of bed and worked on a book and then said hi to you like later on in the day. It, it, was, it was amazing, uh, even though I did miss you that morning a little bit, Arden. co-host of the podcast and my my roommate slash wife but still we we might not have it a lot of days like this so book yourself please especially during those peak energy times of day oh yeah i mean i so i've talked i think i've talked a little bit about academic twitter or econ twitter in the past and a couple of days ago i saw i don't know if you have actually i I think you need to give a little uh quick quick synopsis of econ twitter i think econ twitter is just where economists 
tweet on Twitter. And so I think hmm. in my Twitter thread, it's basically just economists who are talking about economics and doing research, which is amazing. And it's one of the only, I think, places on Twitter that is super pleasant. And I think academics who use Twitter for <laughs> academics, is they just love it. And I think I get really interesting papers this way. I find out about conferences this way. And as a professional resource, I never thought Twitter would actually be so relevant. Like I'm designing a, a course right now and thinking about uh, my syllabus, I've gotten so many useful resources on Twitter. Anyway, all that to say, uh, the other day there were somebody asked, like, what's your biggest like productivity tip for doing research? And oh. somebody said, oh, booking my own time for research. Oh, interesting. And treating it as if it was a class that you had to teach. So you, it's like not negotiable time. Yeah. And I have been doing this for years, like booking time for just research. You were and, ahead of uh, the time. Yeah, and yeah. I couldn't believe how many people were shocked by this idea. Like you should, <laughs> you should carve out time that you can focus on your research. Like if your entire career is dependent on whether or not you publish, not having dedicated research time seems baffling to me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it is. I just couldn't believe that this is something <laughs> people don't think about. And so if you're not currently thinking about like carving out your own like dedicated time, you should start that like right away. And if you can c- couple that with like your biological prime time, even better. And kind yeah. of like one of the nice things about this rule of three is like if you dedicate your whole day to like just write book and your whole to-do write list book. is write book, write that's book. just like a recipe for procrastination. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So the rule of three is kind of nice in that way where it, it helps you kind of prioritize your, if you have a big list, it helps you prioritize to three things, but it also helps make really like ambiguous and scary tasks like writing book or writing thesis Um, It kind of breaks them into like manageable chunks. So maybe your to-do list isn't, I'm just going to write the book. It's going to be, oh, today I'm going to start editing chapter one and this section of chapter one or something like that. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. Um, There's a, there's a psychologist, his name is Peter Golwitzer, who studies the science of implementation intention. And he has found that if a task is easy, we don't need to worry about making it that specific when we're carving out what we want to do on a given day. Like if one, if one of the things you want to accomplish on a day is to eat an extra large pizza you don't have to be that specific. It, it might be enjoyable. If you were specific, you know, add all the toppings on that, including pineapple, which is a fantastic topping on a pizza. But when something is more complicated um, and when it's more ambiguous and when, and when it fires up those procrast- pro- procrastination triggers that we were talking about on a previous episode, um, definitely be more specific. Set a, a deeper implementation intention. Uh, when are you going to do it? Schedule that time. Where are you going to do it? Uh, what previous thing uh, is going to happen that will lead you to to doing it? Uh, how are you going to do it? Uh, under what? Just visualize all that you can. Plan all that you can about how you're going to follow through with a given task. Uh, episode number twenty seven: Procrastination triggers. We we dig into the science of procrastination a little bit. We're going to have to do a bit more on procrastination too, probably down the line because. That seems to be a, a topic that is near and dear to pretty much everybody. Everybody procrastinates, including us. There are ways to get that down to a lower level. But if you think that you might put one of these things off, definitely define when, where, and how you're going to do it. Oh, yeah. I do this constantly. I think uh, for some things in my work, it's very, it is it is fairly complicated. Like Some of the work I do is a little bit more technical or, yeah. or a little ambiguous, like doing a literature review. 
And for me, like seeing literate lit review as one of my to-do items is basically just like a, a curse. It, yeah. it, it's never going to happen if that's what I write. So <laughs> I have learned that if I want to make it more um, like tangible for myself, my like high level item might be literature review, but then the sub points, like I, I know you say like rule of three and I definitely have my like three highlight, like my three high level items usually, but then in my actual like things list, which is basically a detailed to-do list, I'll have much more like more granular yeah. activities. So I'll say like, I'm going to read this paper and make notes on these other two papers or something like that. Um, and so I, I make it very digestible for myself and kind of like the sub rules yeah. if, if we're going to go with that. And if you use a task manager, uh, th- this rule works regardless of what system you use already. Uh, I, I just like to put a, a few dashes before the the three things that I intend to accomplish at the beginning of those tasks in things. So they rise to the surface of the list and so they're really easy to spot and I can adjust them as the day goes on. Um, and it's worth saying probably that this is obvious advice on some level. But one of the curious things about advice like this is when we need some capacity of awareness to invest in strategies like this, common sense isn't always common action, especially when we have just so much going on each and every day. Um, but the the fundamental rule behind why prior, prioritization works, why we make back the time that we spend prioritizing the things on our list is not all tasks are created equal. Uh, one simple example, if you're watching YouTube videos during your workday, and then you go to writing a report that's for the CEO, just a random example, uh, one of those is significantly more important than the other. One of them is far more likely to make a contribution and a difference. Uh, prioritization strategies like the rule of three, they let us weed out those most important tasks so that we can make a bigger difference, which is what productivity is all about. Yeah. Refocus, figure out what your priorities are and make some of those bigger tasks a little more manageable. That was a dense episode. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Any drawbacks of this? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think for me, the big problem I run into with the rule of three is that not all of my stuff fits nicely into three. No. But I think this is one of those things where I'd like, just keep it simple. I won't say the... If you're going to go with the KISS method, the keep, keep it, it simple, simple silly, yeah, that's a nicer way of saying that. Um, that's another thing I learned <laughs> from my dad. Um, Corny uh, insults? <laughs> no, I just used to overthink my math tests and he would just oh. say, keep it simple. Yeah. All that to say, um, don't overthink this. If your mm-hmm. stuff doesn't naturally fit into three things, but don't don't yeah. be too harsh on yourself. It can probably be like consolidated or condensed into yeah. a way that's going to make that memorable list of three. Um, and likewise, if you're taking on a really big project, like make art, that's a really big thing. <laughs> Do art. Do art. Yeah. Maybe you can probably break that down into three yeah. subcomponents that make it a little more practical than just, I'm going to make the next Mona Lisa. Yeah. So, some to-do items often look more like a, a piece of wishful thinking than they mm-hmm. are an action plan. And so if you find that, you know, writing something down doesn't really convert into action, you might need to make it a bit more specific. Uh, but yeah, definitely. We ha- we all have those days where we don't have three things. But the, the idea of uh, the rule of three is these are the things that we want to have accomplished by the time the day is done, where if these were the only things that we got done, we would be happy and that would be a good day. Uh, some days you might have two, sometimes you might have four. Some days, if you're lucky, you might have a random day where you have one that you can just dig deep, deep into. 
but it's a great strategy for developing awareness, developing deliberateness and intentionality, which is what productivity should be all about. Lovely. All right. What did you think of the interview last week? Oh, I loved it. it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. John List is actually the the person who made me become an economist. So always excited to hear from him. It was kind of funny. The the week it came out, I was also at his conference. So a lot <laughs> you of presented John, a lot of John I did, yeah, but a lot of John listed so you're my just life. Sucking last week. up by saying he's your favorite economist. I already did the conference, so there's okay. no need. But um, <laughs> so no, no he he like I read his book and I was I so vividly remember sitting on a bus and reading the Y axis and thinking, Man, if this is what econ is, I want to be an economist. Wow. Yeah. So people should avoid the Y axis. No, I mean, if you want to, if you want to do a really cool job that uses math to understand human behavior and decisions, become an economist. It's pretty great. Eh, you seem to be having a good time. I am. I have a great time. Yeah. I have the best job ever. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good. Yeah. Uh, good note to end things on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone should want to be an economist. Go read the y-axis and the voltage effect. It was do, pretty good. Do you think anybody might become an economist because of the podcast? Man, I hope so. Yeah. And if you ever want to talk about econ, just email me. I'm happy to talk yeah. about economics as a career. What's your email? Oh, no, don't open this can of worms. You can find it online if you look okay. hard enough. Yeah, so, well, how many people spend a spell art in with a y? Good luck. Another thing we have to thank friend of the show Steve for. It's coolest, a, no, it's a beautiful the name. The coolest name ever. <laughs> yeah, I do have a really cool name, you know, but most people spell it wrong. Y- yeah. You know, it's cooler than Arden, Chris, <laughs> but you haven't heard that name before. Yep, super original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Creative. I, I win the name game. You know what? <laughs> I think you might, but Chris, is, it's easy. Nobody ever messes it up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we should say, the reason you didn't do the interview, because... The, you're a fan of this account. I don't know if we talked to you. You don't like doing interviews. I don't like doing interviews. And the reason like for doing that the podcast. is because it is not where I have comparative advantage, right? Oh, um, if we're going to think about, you know what? Okay, the next episode, we'll make it all about these like fun econ subjects that could be applied to your daily life because they're actually super useful. But what if we want to grow the podcast at some point? <laughs> People will encounter that episode and then... Well, once you start thinking about comparative comparative advantage in your own daily life, you will never think of your productivity the same way. All right. I am excited for the next episode. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Time and attention.fm. If you want to visit the website for the podcast, you don't have to. I mean, you made it to the end. Thank you. You're already listening, I, I guess. So have a good day. Bye. All right. We'll see you in a couple Tuesdays.